as we begin today, I'm going to be talking to you about understanding spiritual gifts. And let me just begin by commending you. If I could give you all high fives, I would do that. On your immediate response to our message about using your spiritual gifts last week. And you know, a lot of things happen in church and things get back to me and some things don't, but a lot of times someone will do something good and sometimes stuff, as I said, it gets back to me. I had several people share with me that others had come to them and spoken to them about things God had placed on their heart. Now, me personally, I know of four people who did this. And two of these people who others shared with Others, someone felt prompted by God to reach out to somebody to offer a word of encouragement or whatever. Two of those people shared with me how encouraged they were by the things that these other people said and how encouraged they were by what God was doing in their lives and they were excited. Both of these people who, when they talked to me about it, were smiling and laughing as they talked about the future that they have with the Lord, and as they talked about their relationship with the Lord. In reality, what I saw taking place there is Ephesians chapter 4 is being fulfilled before my very eyes. The body of Christ is being built up. Friend, when you use the gift that God has given you, when you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, it can't help but bless somebody. It can't help. When you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows exactly, He knows exactly what you need today. The Holy Spirit, He knows exactly what you need to hear today. He's perfect on time. Now I want to say this. He's always perfect on time, but some of us who He's trying to use, we hesitate a little bit to speak forth. We hesitate a little bit to move out, but God is always perfectly on time. And so when he prompts you to act on his behalf, to speak on his behalf, to move upon his behalf, or to do something on his behalf, I want to encourage you to do that. As we told you before, there are, we're kind of giving you some more information on understanding spiritual gifts. There are three major portions of scripture that people refer to when they address usually the topic of spiritual gifts. I told you it was Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Ephesians 4. There are also other miscellaneous passages that speak to specific spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul refers to celibacy as a gift that God had given to him. 1 Corinthians 13 speaks of martyrdom. And voluntary poverty as a gift that God gives to some people. And to be honest with you, I really don't want any of those three. I'm wondering if I can return all three of those. Lord, if you want to give me voluntary poverty, martyrdom, you get to use that gift one time. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit empowers a person to be able to do that. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, it says this. It says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So we see from Scripture that hospitality 
is identified as a gift or a grace of God. And sometimes, in my opinion, this is my opinion, sometimes we make the use of spiritual gifts as very complicated and hard, when in reality, it's not. Operating on our spiritual gift is something that can and should happen very normally and continually in our lives. A lot of times when we think about the spiritual gifts, we'll think of some of the prophetic, whenever someone gives a message in tongue or an interpretation, or we'll think of healing. But those are just some of the gifts. Those are powerful gifts. And I know that the gifts are real. Some people say, well, Pastor, how do you know? Just Wednesday night when we were in our service, I was sitting, I think, in the third or fourth row back. Pastor Rodney was up here. He was leading the service. And during the wonderful time, Crystal led us in a wonderful time of worship. It was very powerful. And the Holy Spirit was here. I mean, it, it was a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. And I remember just standing there thinking, oh, God, you're so good. And I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart that God had a prophetic word for our congregation. Before Pastor Rodney shared it, we didn't talk about it. There was nothing like that. But I knew, I knew, I knew. I'm sure, Pastor, you've seen that before. You know that there is going to be, there's going to be a word from the Lord. The atmosphere is ripe for God to speak to his people. And in that moment, in a few moments later, in the midst, middle of our service here, Pastor Rodney gave a powerful prophetic word about what God desires to do what God desires to do here in our church. And when I heard that word, it bore witness with what was in my spirit. But the crazy thing was, before Pastor Rodney ever spoke up, I knew in my heart that that was going to come. I sensed it. I could feel it. And numerous times throughout in our church here, whenever there's a prophetic word or a gift of of messages of tongues or interpretation of tongues, I will know that in my heart. I can't tell you how I know it. But the Holy Spirit just puts that on my heart that there is something coming. Now, there's times where, I'm going to be honest with you, God wanted to speak. But someone in the body who he had given a message to, a word to, they held back. Okay? When you hold back, the body is not edified. But whenever Pastor Rodney declared that word of the Lord, it built the people up. It edified the body. And so just that, it was confirmed by the word, confirmed the word of God. It, did, it lined up with scripture, but also it bears witness with our spirit. You see, we have the spirit of Jesus Christ abiding inside of us. The Bible says that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. I want to say something to you. I don't care how long you've been saved. The day that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, the day that you called upon him and asked him to be your savior, he came and took up residence inside of you. He lives inside. He dwells inside of you. The spirit of God literally abides inside of you. He doesn't have to wait 30 years until he grows up to be able to do and accomplish his work through you. He's already mature. The spirit of Christ in you is already full. He doesn't have to wait until you've been saved for 13 years or 27 years or till you get everything squared away. The spirit of Christ 
who lives inside of you wants to flow out of you and touch the lives of other people. He wants to minister through you. His spirit lives inside of us. And his life, if we allow it, will flow through us. In many ways, using our spiritual gifts is as simple as listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and obeying that still small voice, that still small voice that speaks to you and says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't go there. Uh Uh-uh, don't say that. Uh Uh-uh, don't do that. Hey, reach out to this person. That still small voice that says, it's going to be okay. You don't have to respond. You can be quiet. That still small voice that speaks to you, he will work through you. It's as simple as just listening to his promptings and obeying him. God does the work, and we are simply the channel that his grace flows through. You see, because God wants to heal somebody. I believe he wants to do it today. God wants to teach somebody. There's some people who need lead. There's somebody in this room who needs encouraged. God wants to provide for the financial need of someone. He wants to give wisdom. He wants to reveal knowledge and the truth about what is going on in a particular situation. God wants to show mercy. God wants to reveal things that are hidden. And when they come to light, problems will disappear. The power of those things that are hidden will be broken. God wants to evangelize those who are lost. And he chooses to do it through human vessels that are yielded to him. There's someone in this room today, and I want to say this to you. This message is a confirmation that God wants to use you. If you're willing, if you're willing, he will, and if you will respond and allow him, he will work through you. I got to go back for a minute. I don't want to keep beating this, but... Some of you have all kinds of reasons why God can't use you. Why we got to wait for him to use you. Why? If he wants to speak to you and he wants to speak through you, why don't you let him do it? It's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That is not you. It's his spirit that's living inside of you. You don't even have to be like spiritually. This sounds bad as a pastor to tell people this. You don't have to really even be spiritually mature for God to move through your life. You can have accepted Jesus this morning and he can speak through you and he can heal somebody and he can provide for somebody and he can minister to somebody this afternoon because it's his spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. I'm not saying don't be spiritually mature, okay? But I'm saying to you that you don't have to wait forever to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not come in us in child-sized doses. He doesn't come in us in new convert doses. He comes in us full force, okay? And it's a matter of being yielded. And that's the reason why sometimes people who are newly saved, God will use them in a more powerful way than someone who's walked with the Lord for a long time. How is that possible? It's because they're simple and trusting enough to yield themselves to the Spirit of God. They'll trust Him. From these passages, we can identify a number of things that the Bible refers to as gifts. And gifts that are to be used to build up the body of Christ. 
I need to emphasize that the purpose of these gifts is to build up the body. It's to reach the lost. It's to establish God's kingdom here on earth. To make the the topic more understandable, let's look at these major passages. And today what we're going to do is identify a list of spiritual gifts, okay? I want to say there's more than just in these three. As I said, we talked about the person who's, they give their life and martyrdom. Paul saw celibacy as a gift from God. But in Romans chapter 12, if you'll turn there, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, and it says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit can come upon you in a moment. And you may say, Pastor, I'm not a leader. But in a certain situation, in a certain time, in a certain place, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you may say, I don't normally like to lead. But when the Holy Spirit calls upon you to lead a group of people, then his power will flow through you and you'll do an awesome job because it's the Spirit of Christ that's living through you. You may say, well, pastor, I've never prophesied before. Well, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you're willing to open your mouth, he will speak through you, okay? So let's just look at, we'll look at the list. The first one is to prophesy. When a person prophesies, they speak forth the message of God to his people and they tell people the will of God. It's funny because sometimes we think that prophecy, it depends on what church we grow up in. Some churches, whenever there's a prophetic word, it is accompanied by thus saith the Lord. And that's kind of the way that people have learned to prophesy. And so they watch others and they do that. But can I tell you that there can be prophetic words that come forth that you can, you can be talking to somebody on the telephone or you can be praying for somebody and the Holy Spirit will put a thought in your mind. You know, you may say, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just feel like, and the Holy Spirit speaks through you. You're declaring the will of God, the word of God. Now we have to be, you know, we have to be careful whenever we operate in these things and these gifts, but it's declaring when a person prophesies, they declare really the heart of God and the message of God to his people. In some ways, whenever, whenever we're preaching, as we preach the word, pastors throughout their messages, there's times where there's stuff at Steve Ritchie, you know, I know that, but man, so many times, whenever you hear the preaching of the word, you are hearing really, literally a prophetic word from God, that God is speaking to the hearts of his people. That's why it carries power, because if it's our words, no matter how slick or smooth they are, it doesn't mean much. But whenever we declare the word of the Lord, so there's prophecy, service. Service is really to, it's when you identify uncompleted tasks in God's work, no matter how menial they are, and you simply get the job done. There's people who, there's a gift that God has given you, and you'll see something that remains uncompleted. Wait a minute, pastor. I like it when I get the goosebumps. I'll tell you what. It gives me the goosebumps when I see those things completed. Amen? 
And so the, the reality of it is, is there's a gift of service that the way God has created you is you see things that weren't finished or, or you see tasks that need done and you just jump in there and do it and complete it. That's literally a spiritual gift. Teaching. When we teach, we instruct others in the word in a logical and a systematic way so as to, to communicate information that produces true understanding and spiritual growth, okay? So it's not just that, it's not just that we uh, download a bunch of information to people, but we are literally empowered by the Spirit to instruct people in the Word of God in such a way that it produces spiritual growth and maturity. Encouraging. Boy, if there's ever a gift that's needed in the world today, exhortation, that encouraging is a gift that's needed. We encourage, we come alongside of someone with words of encouragement, words of comfort, words of consolation, to help them be all that God wants them to be. When we have an exhortation, we have a heart, a gift of encouragement. Who from the Bible was the person who we would say that they would have operated in a gift of encouragement or exhortation? In the New Testament, book of Acts. Barnabas, yep. Barnabas was the one, he came alongside people. They wanted to throw John Mark out. He's a mess up. Nah, man, there's something good in this guy. They didn't want to let the apostle Paul, before he was Paul, they didn't want to let him around. And Barnabas saw the good. And so you and I, here's the thing. Some of us can, if we have a gift of encouragement, we can push, we can push other people forward and help them and build them up. And they can accomplish much for the kingdom of God. Giving. When we give, you share your material possessions you have with generosity and with cheerfulness without the thought of getting something back. And here's a gift, the gift of encouragement. Can I say this to you? That God can anoint you and cause you to operate in any of these gifts at any time. When you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to encourage someone, when you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to give to someone, to bless someone, to help someone, you and I can operate in those gifts really at, at any time that we choose. Leadership. When we lead people, we really stand before people and kind of provide direction of a body with such care and diligence so that we motivate others to get involved and to accomplish the goal, to move the group forward. And how about this other one, mercy? There's a gift of mercy. The funny thing is if you don't have it, you don't even see the value in it. Other than when you need it. It's amazing how many people, they want mercy when they need it, but they can, you know, they can overlook it. But a person with the gift of mercy will always be seeing the hurts and the pain in other people's lives. They will be aware. You and I will walk by... If you don't necessarily have a gift of mercy, you'll walk by people and you'll see, you know, they'll, they'll have a frown on their face and you'll be like, eh. But when you have a gift of mercy, whenever you have a gift of that, you'll recognize the needs of others and you're sensitive to their suffering, whether it's physically, mentally, or emotionally. A person with the gift of mercy can literally feel, they can literally feel the pain of others. And they'll speak words of compassion and comfort. And they'll care for them with deeds 
of love that help to alleviate the stress that that person is going through. 1 Corinthians 12 also gives us a list, another list of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them. To each one just as he determines. And then skipping to verse 28. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. So it says that God has placed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, gifts of helping, of guidance, and of different kind of tongues. Now, I'll just real quick, we're going to just run through these. And, and other people may have a different uh, slight or a different take on a definition of these gifts. But when we think of a word of wisdom, to apply knowledge to life in such a way as to make spiritual truths relevant and practical in proper decision-making in daily life situations. On A word of knowledge. To reveal truth and to make truth known. And, and there may be times throughout Scripture where we think about a, a word of knowledge. Some people think that some would define that as simply making truth known. But there's other times where there's words of knowledge that we find in Scripture. And whenever Ananias and Sapphira, they wanted to be seen in front of everybody. And so they came and they were bringing their gift and presenting it. And Peter confronts them on it and says, what's gotten into you? that you would lie to the Holy Spirit. And so there's times in words of knowledge where the Holy Spirit will reveal things to people that you don't have any natural way of knowing, but the Holy Spirit will reveal truth. He makes truth known. We also see faith. There's a gift of faith. Man, it's wonderful to be around. It's wonderful to see that in operation and be around people who have the gift of faith. We need people around us because there's some times where we feel like our faith is weak. We feel like in, in a certain situation, we're struggling to believe. Lord, I want to believe. I, I want to trust you. And, and how it builds up the body whenever the gift of faith is released, it's to be firmly persuaded of God's power and promise to accomplish his will and purpose. And to display such a confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. I want to say this. There's a gift of faith that works miracles. There's a gift of faith where we not only our confidence is not shaken, but that we believe God and trust God to see it brought through. Healing. And whenever healing, healing is to be used as a means through which God 
makes people whole, either physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, how there is a need in our world today for spiritual healing, how there's a need in our world today for emotional healing and physical healing. And God says that he releases gifts through his people that can bring those, that healing. The working of miracles, to be enabled by God to perform mighty deeds, which witnesses acknowledge to be of supernatural origin and means. It's something that's not natural. It's something that people who see it, they have to say that God is in the house. We've already talked about prophecy before. Discerning of spirits. This is one of the things that is so desperately needed in the church today. To know what is of God and what is not of the Lord. You know, it amazes me that you'll see churches where stuff is going on for years and nobody knows it. You know what I mean? And you're like, Lord, what is lacking? What is lacking in the spiritual life of a church where there's all kinds of stuff that's going on and nobody has any idea. There's no wisdom. There's no praying against those things. If we allow the Lord, he'll give discerning of spirits to clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether the behavior or teaching is from God, Satan, human error, or human power. And so one of the things that's desperately needed is that to know, wait a minute, and we need to know this too, that there's things going on in our lives and God will reveal to us, no, it's not the person. It's the enemy who's working through them. We'll get mad at people and we'll get caught up into stuff that we shouldn't. Whenever the reality of it is, is that there's a greater force that's at work and we need to be able to discern that at times the enemy is trying to bring division. The enemy loves to bring division. That's one of the challenges that our nation is facing right now. I'm going to say this. I don't think it's the Republicans or the Democrats. I think it's the enemy who is trying to divide our nation and turn people against one another, races against one another. He's trying to destroy, he's trying to destroy our nation with division. And whenever we, we pray in churches, so many times there's stuff in families between husbands and wives. There's such a need to be able to discern that this is the enemy who's trying to divide my family. This is the enemy who's trying to get between me and my brother or me and my sister. Or This is the enemy that's trying to get between me and my wife. There's something greater. And whenever we don't recognize it, we can't pray against it. We can't identify it. But you know what I found is that whenever the enemy works, he loves to work in darkness. His power loses its effect when we bring it to the light. When truth is revealed, the enemy's power That's why it's important for us to confess our sins. We bring them into the light and they lose their hold. They lose their power in our lives. And so so as a church, we have to understand that the gift of discerning of spirits, somebody in the house needs to speak up. Somebody in the house needs to pray. Somebody in the house needs to respond and to allow the Lord to... Because here's the thing. If there's crazy stuff going on, do you think the Lord wants us to, to not know what's happening? Like he's like, man, I just hope that, I hope that Lighthouse, here comes the enemy trying to sow division in the house. I hope that Lighthouse really gets torn up and the people struggle for about five or six years mad at each other and divide them. You think that's what he wants? No. What he wants is he wants someone who's 
anointed by God to begin to stand in the gap and to pray. They don't have to like, it's you, you're the devil's, you know, that's one of the things too. The devil's in you, you know. No, we recognize this. There's a force that's at work here trying to divide us. There's a force that's at work here trying to set enmity between one brother and another brother. And we just bring it to light and we say, you know, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to forgive one another. We're going to be kind to one another. We're going to extend grace to one another. And so whenever the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, the body grows. When the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not in operation, people die. When the gifts are in operation, people are healed. When the gifts are in operation, people's needs are met. But when they're not, the body suffers. Tongues, you know, when we pray, we pray in the Spirit. Learned. It's not a learned language. It's a gift from God. The interpretation of tongues to reveal the message, the, the message that God has through the gift of tongues interpretation helps to render support or assistance there's a gift of helps to render support or assistance to others in the body so as to free them up for ministry you know it's funny there's people who they don't want to be the leader pastor i don't want to be the leader i don't want to do that but man they sure make those leaders look good they make those leaders shine I don't want to get up and lead worship. I can't do that. That's not my gift, but I'll do whatever Crystal needs to make that happen. I'll run the sound. I'll set things up. I'll get the music ready. See, there's a gift of helps, and, and each part of these are vital. Ephesians says, Ephesians 4, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may build up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Why were all these gifts given? For the good of the body. What has the Holy Spirit been prompting you to do? Today he prompted me to give to someone. That's one of the gifts. And you know the crazy thing? When, I'm going to tell you what. You watch when I do it. I'm not telling you who it is. When I do it, you watch how God breaks things loose in my life. See, every time, why? It's going to meet someone else's need, but every time we obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, He somehow, He blesses somebody. He moves upon them. And so if we're thinking that the only way that the gifts are going to be used through us is those times in which there are powerful times when the Holy Spirit hits us. I heard Ron was telling me about Pastor Weed. They were praying together. And the other while back and the holy spirit hit, he said the holy spirit he felt him in his in his body you know and his foot yeah the holy spirit at times moves upon us and people literally feel that but there's other times where it will be it'll be that still small voice that he's saying to you well pastor i, I don't really feel like it's much of a spiritual gift to go into the church and to volunteer no it's a gift that helps pastor i didn't i don't really feel like i'm too special I like just to send a card and tell people how much I appreciate them. When I see someone who's hurting, I don't know why. I just, I just want to mow their lawn. I want to do something for them. I, I don't know if that's a spiritual gift. Friend, that's a spiritual gift. When you use whatever God has given you, will you please? You've been doing it. Recognize that that's God who's prompting your heart to act. You don't have to wait until you're like 27. Some of you wish you were 27 for our young people. You don't have to wait till you're 27 for God to use you. You don't have to wait 
until you got all your stuff together. If you are saved, the spirit of Christ lives inside of you. And he it wants to touch the world. He wants to touch your world. He wants to meet the needs of other people. He wants to heal, deliver, set free. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. He's longing to use you. The next time that you, well, I'm not sure if that's me or God, it's God. Go ahead and just jump. Okay? In the spirit, what I would like to do is kind of give you a nudge. Tell you, get ready, because the Holy Spirit's trying to push you. He's trying to get you to step out. He's trying to get you to move. And why? Because when you are obedient, someone else's needs are met. The kingdom of God grows. And God is glorified. Father, I thank you today. I ask you that your people would continue to step out in obedience as they feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I pray that they would act, that they would speak, that they would serve, that they would give, that they would pray, that they would go. Whatever it is that your spirit prompts them to do, I ask, Father, that they would have the courage to step out. And then, Lord, we're just going to stand back and see how God touches people's lives and ministers. Lord, it's not our responsibility. We are the channel that your grace flows through. And so I praise you for that, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.